morning. Thanks for reminding me what day of the week it is. We know it's the day after Christmas, but I couldn't tell you what day of the week it was without looking at the calendar. We're so happy to have you listening today. Grab that cup of coffee, sit down, and listen to Dr. Rick Holm. The reason you want to hear from this man is because he is our prairie doc, and he's ready to answer any questions you might have of a medical nature. He has a great back, back, background in medicine. Yeah. Well, I mean, and give us your calls. I mean, it'd be great to have any uh, comments or uh, concerns or thoughts about uh, traveling in the winter uh, weather or uh, issues of uh, of safety, and then any any questions whatsoever. I should have my grandson with us today. Oh, why? Nicholas Hogan is uh, 15. He'll be 16 in a month. And he started driving, as many young people do in South Dakota at 14. Yes. You have never met a safer driver in his whole life. Oh. <laughs> the other day, his sister said, well, he had to take a different car. They had three, they, I don't know how many cars they have over at that house, but it wasn't the car he normally drives. Before he got out of the car, he had to take his fold-up shovel, his kit for bad weather. They said, Nick, the sun is shining. No, I have to have my travel kit with me yeah. wherever I go. And he is prepared for any sort of weather, ready to go. So you go. we should all be as prepared as Nick, especially in the next few days, right? right. Are you I, that prepared? You're leaving on uh, soon, and you're going to be driving in some bad weather, possibly? Yeah. So we'll, we'll be dra- uh, driving on Friday, I think. So Okay. Uh, we have someone at our house watching our dog. That's while always we go, good. Well, while we go on a family vacation with the whole dam, uh, fam family. Fam family, that's and, fantastic. Uh, it will be a wonderful time together yeah. for a week on a sailboat. Oh, <coughs> that'll be great. We'll be sit- thinking of you as we're sitting here in snow, but that's <laughs> all right. As long as you get out on time. and it's it, yep. You always feel good when you have somebody watching the house, too. Yes. Your it dog, is. your house, it's just, house things can go. You hear of people that are gone for a week and the pipes burst and they have all this water damage. It's so nice when somebody's watching it's your house nice every day. It's nice to have somebody yeah. there. Um, but, uh, you know, in in uh, the winter, I have a sleeping bag and one of those big old hooded, uh, puffy parkas. Outer, parkas big that, parkas. Of course, uh, it was uh, an old, old parka. And so it's not very stylish, but you don't care about style when you're caught in a winter storm. Absolutely so not. And um, I, th- you know, people talk about, and I haven't had this, but people talk about having a candle and some uh, chocolate bars and and stuff to, to maintain. sustain you. Yes. There was a woman that was caught in a storm uh, up near the Aberdeen area maybe ten years ago, and was three days in a in a car. I recall that, and she was prepared, though, wasn't she? She was prepared. Yes. Thank goodness, because she survived it. I don't know if it lasts three days. You don't want to run your gas all the way down. You know, in the winter, you should have, you shouldn't get it low, let it get low, so that you have plenty of gas if that ever happens, and you can start the car periodically. Absolutely. Um, And uh, I think a lot of safety things. A lot of safety things that we can do. You live in South Dakota long enough, you realize that safety is important. You know that the weather is a real thing, and it's a real thing coming right now. So just use your common sense. One of those uh, safety things that I realized in the 80s that I had not realized before was the uh, front wheel drive issue. Bob, do you remember uh, doing wheelies around town? (laughs) <laughs> with rear-wheel drive in the winter. My dad always bought six-cylinder pickups because he was a cheapskate. 
I couldn't make those things do Louis, no matter how hard I tried. Oh man, we had I had an old uh, forty nine Ford, and it would do a Louis like you couldn't believe, you know. And and uh, we would be driving around town, and then you'd see little kids coming up behind you, and they'd hook onto the back of your car. I mean, we did that, and then we had people do that to us. Not a good thing. No, but you live to tell the tale. Dang, but it's not safe. Dangerous. No, yeah. but you know when the roads in D. Smith were all solid, packed snow, so it was you didn't have you know in, in certain years you could you could ride all for a long all the way downtown, all the way back, just <laughs> holding on to somebody's <laughs> rear bumper. Yeah, oh. sneak up and catch them, and then ride ride behind their car. I wouldn't knock our current street department, but many years ago when the snows would come, my husband would say, well, high blade Harry's out there again, because it was never... (laughs) It was never down to the ground. Now our wonderful street department would never do that. No, no. But years ago, it was really... I think they did improve, so... We didn't have the great, great control then. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. We are going to take our first break. If you happen to be listening to us at a distance, if you're on Facebook, if you're listening via whatever you're listing SoundCloud, via. SoundCloud, SoundCloud. SoundCloud's another one. Okay, just dial. If you have a call, you can't call just 692. You have to call 605-692-1430. And we'd love to hear from you right after these words. <laughs> Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. These two old guys I'm with keep re- <laughs> discussing oh, the terrible things they did that they managed to live through when they were young men. Well, I remember uh, some of those, you know, whipping the, the, the flying around corners and then whipping the kids who were behind you into the snowbanks. But uh, one of the joys, uh, we had Boy Scouts in D. Smith, and I uh, was in a troop some farm dads were involved and um, we went out on spirit lake spirit lake south dakota five miles north of d smith and um, actually there was a slough that was to the southeast of spirit lake and it was all frozen over and it was smooth and uh, he had a tractor and a chain and a probably a, uh, I think it was a two by 16 uh, wide plank. Just a plank Just a plank, pulled. nothing else. And it was behind on a, a behind a chain. And there was no safety uh, deals. So a it number of you could grab on to as that? As many kids as could get on that. And then he would go out in that and he would whip us around, you know. And then the, we would... We would fly. Oh, of course on he the did. Ice, you know, off of his his deal. It was very dangerous. I think, I, in retrospect, nobody was hurt. We would go back to a fire that we had on the ice. It was <laughs> melting into the ice. The fire was oh, there just to keep you warm. Just and then we'd circle around and then we'd get back on that plank and go around again. And oh, oh my, my gosh, uh, talk about fun! Memories oh. of youth. Yes. Hey, we have some uh, memories of your time in Rapid City coming up tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, we do. Yes, because tomorrow night, the South Dakota Public TV program on call with the Prairie Doc at 7 o'clock on Thursday night will feature a program that Dr. Holm taped when he was in Rapid City. And it's a program on antibiotic miracles and antibiotic resistance. That's interesting. So so this um, time of the year... We don't have students in the college to to man our cameras or to 
human our cameras yes. or to people our cameras. That's the right word. And so uh, we would uh, we made shows earlier this year. And one one week in September, I was at uh, at an American College of Physicians meeting. And why not out in the hills? Why not do, uh, do some recordings? So we recorded four shows. Last week was one of those shows, and this week is another one of those shows. And it has to do with um, infectious disease. Jim Keegan, Dr. Keegan was our guest. Now he is kind of uh, famous throughout the country because he's been able to go around, and he'll tell that story to different areas. And for example, South Carolina. He went into that state and. Uh, the people in their health department uh, empowered him to direct them in uh, doing some uh, in a antibiotic uh, uh, limiting and successfully um, reduced the overgrowth infections, the Clostridium difficile infections, the, the uh, and you, you ought to hear his story. But um, this has been a, uh, a very important point in our country that we have overdone it we have we have um, when you're talking about limiting and overdoing you're talking about the use of antibiotics Correct. and the prescribing of antibiotics Correct. by physicians right, right? thank you and for this doctor keegan has gone around the country instructing different groups on how to limit the use of antibiotics right. that's interesting right. and wow. and um, you know I, it's simple here's what he did he spoke to me uh to our group in brookings uh, at a noon conference maybe 15 years ago. And he had found that the uh, C. difficile incidence uh, was, was running, which is, um, uh, no, actually the, the, um, the, re the Staph aureus, um, uh, MRSA, uh, Staph aureus, uh, methicillin-resistant Staph aureus infections were sky high, and we were, these are Staph, uh, infections that are killing infections and are and, and tissue they were increasing huh? they were increasing and um, so he limited the use of cipro and uh, levaquin uh, and uh, whenever there was a bladder infection uh, if you wanted to use one of those you needed to at least call the infectious disease guy and get the permission from the, the person who is the infectious disease specialist and uh, they reduced the methicillin resistance. Uh, you can just say MRSA. MRSA. Thank you. <laughs> they so reduced the MRSA uh, incidence in half or greater. Oh, that's amazing. And, uh, and uh, by just simple means of limiting the use of certain antibiotics uh, and saving them for times of great catastrophe. Well, you've explained before, if you overuse antibiotics, then something else comes along and you're going to get it. Is that it? How it's exactly of, does it work? I'm not sure. Well, let's put it this way. If you have a yard full of nice grass yes, and you just mow it and you do nothing else, weeds don't go into that grass. The grass chokes out the weeds and you have nothing uh, invading as a rule. You know, of course, yes. sometimes grass will sneak in there and so on and so forth. But for the most part... A nice lawn will keep the weeds out. You kill that grass in a corner. Take, a, uh, you know, a five-foot corner and uh, kill the grass there. What do you think is going to happen? Weeds will invade like crazy. And so your normal flora, you know, your microbiome, that microbiota, whatever you want to call it, is protecting you from invasion of bad bacteria. And when you use an antibiotic, you mess up your own microbiome. 
so other bacteria can come in and invade and cause harm so uh, most of the time we live nicely with the bacteria that uh, are on us and you know that whole story about microbiomes we've got as many cells of non-human cells on us and in us as there are human cells on us and in us that's just strange to even consider but true right it's true very odd well on that note we are due to take another break but we would love to have a call from you 692-1430 and we will be back right after these words welcome back to prairie doc radio we're happy to have you listening dr home has been talking about what will be the topic of tomorrow night's television program and that's antibiotics overuse antibiotic resistance all the problems that come with it but you mentioned during the break probiotics why don't you explain what a probiotic is well probiotics uh let's just start with uh the normal flora of within the vagina uh, that is a, there is bacteria and yeast and, uh, well, not yeast, but it's, but particular organisms that live there normally. You wipe out the normal flora with an antibiotic and people will have vaginitis. I mean, they'll have an invasion and an infection and itching and soreness and, and, uh, and that's, that's, and I use that because it's easily understood. Um, for years we thought, okay, why don't we take a, uh, a bacteria and you know the m- normal flora of the vagina uh, orally uh, to keep our normal flora uh, throughout normal. our body going? And it didn't, you know. And the theory was that won't work because our stomach has acid in it; it destroys the bacteria. And by the time it gets down to your uh, the bottom of your uh, GI tract. Um, You've killed it, and it's changed, and it has nothing to do with the pill that you took. Well, there is some data to say that that's not right. And there was a breakthrough by uh, a yogurt company uh, when they they showed that if you ate their special kind of yogurt that had live uh, organisms within, uh, that you would have less overgrowth problems. And, um, you know, if you uh, find, particularly with a vaginal infection, uh, many... Uh, OBGYN doctors are, are prescribing an oral and an intravaginal um, a dose of, uh, of, a, of acidophilus, a, pro, a probiotic. Okay. Some people are saying it's not just acidophilus. It's, um, it's a variety of different kinds of organisms and this and that. And actually, the, 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 the truth is we are not sure what we're doing with them yet. We just really believe there's a way to handle it and to re-provide uh, a normal flora such that now they're doing, uh, not, too com- not too uncommonly, um, a, what they call an, uh, a uh, fecal transplant, uh, where people who have overgrowth infections within their colon, uh, you go up there with a colonoscopy and you, uh, you take somebody else's fecal material and squirt it within the colon and you develop a normal flora that you had wiped out. Some people are treating obesity with, uh, with fecal transplant. Some people are treating a variety of irritable bowel syndromes, and it goes on and on and on. Uh, there is, therein lies a whole new world. Uh, now, that's kind of a probiotic, uh, but now uh, let's just get back to 
over-the-counter swallowing. Uh, you know, I'm just really happy that over-the-counter biotic probiotics have worked for me because the thought of a fecal transplant is enough is not, to just no, no, no that doesn't do a thing for me. That's not Absolutely a tempting not. thought, is it? No, no, not in the least. But the answer is that those are closer to reality and going to be more common in the future than we we. Um, and if they're beneficial, they're well worth it, right? Well, I mean, when you have a normal flora, um, you can share your normal flora with people in a fecal transplant. That's a wonderful thing. If they don't have a normal flora, they don't have a normal gut, they don't have a normal anything. Everything is weird because they've had too many antibiotics or maybe they just, their immune system is weird or, or what, whatever. So I have to say that I'm on a probiotic uh, and, uh, and I don't know if it's helping me or not. I mean, but <clears throat> recently I was I had an infection, and they gave me the sun, the moon, the stars, every antibiotic they had. They cut, they pulled back the stops. <clears throat> I'm surprised that I had there's any normal flora left. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so uh, now you're on a probiotic, right? Right, and I must say that my GI tract has come back to a normal That's system. Good. So I mean, you can talk. Doctors can talk normal GI tract things, but because they're they're real. Everybody has them. It's a, it's a real entity that we have normal GI tract function. We have normal urinary tract infection in fun, er, function. function. And those are parts of our normal body, and they need to work normally yeah. for us to survive normally. I, for many years, what was normal for me was to kind of have a rumbling stomach. I don't know why. It just it was never quite settled. Huh. It's very odd. And about bowels, four or five years. No, no, just wasn't, you know, it's just not comfortable. And I had heard about probiotics. I tried one out, and within two days, there was no rumbling in my stomach anymore. I take a probiotic every day. It, it's just amazing the difference that I must have not had a normal floor. I don't uh, know. My whole life. Who you, knows what I had? <clears throat> but I, um, I buy the over-the-counter nature-made acidophilus. Okay. I buy over-the-counter Culturel. I don't know why. It's just a good okay. brand. Yep. Okay. But over-the-counter probiotics, if you want to try them out, as you said, you're not sure if it's helping you. I could recognize the difference on it almost immediately. Right. Very comfortable with it. So, so probiotics are over-the-counter. The more, there's more Maybe science coming in. You. There's yeah. more science coming in. This whole story about the, the microbiome is interesting. Now, you know, Bob knows everything about everything he does and i wonder what bob knows about the, the microbiome what do you know bob i do know that baby african elephants when they are being weaned off ah. their mother's milk will eat the feces of the adult elephants to transplant the bacteria into their stomachs when they make their graduation from being a milk drinker to an herbivore. Bob, and you know you are one of the strangest people Who do you I suppose know? taught them that? Who, well, who did taught that? It's, that? It must be instinctive then. It has to so be. there has to be something in us innately as well that we are concerned about our digestion. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. One of the, 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 the most important microbiome exposure is breastfeeding. You know, you, you, do you think that that woman, that mother's breast skin is sterile? Of course no, not. No, it's just loaded with the, the microbiome that that woman has. And that baby 
crawls up under that mama's breast and slurps away and get, get, gets all of that normal oh. floor. It's sort of like the baby elephant eating her its mother's oh, feces. Well, well not, not quite. quite the same. But <laughs> have you ever seen cases of thrush in people who have taken high doses of antibiotics oh, and, yes. and then they get that stuff? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that you had that much stuff growing even in your esophagus, but you must. You wipe off your normal microbiome that is in your your mouth, yeah, and invade. In comes a, an invasion of a foreign uh, material, and you get a uh, an infection. That is what thrush is, you know. And so, you know, it's a yeast infection, uh, and yeast is an invader. I, there's a certain kind, there's a million kinds of yeast, and one kind of yeast is an invader, and there's some kinds of yeast are your normal microbiome. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's another story. The antibiotics mess up your normal, your normal uh, flora in your we mouth. We've got a lot of people interested in this after all they've eaten the last two days, <laughs> wouldn't you think? <laughs> we had one grandson, I shouldn't name him, he's the youngest grandson, who started Christmas Eve morning at 7 in the morning frosting sugar cookies. Then, about an hour later, we decorated a gingerbread house. (laughs) And he kept going all day. And, you know, you try to stop him, but there's cousins all around, everything, everything. We were at our son's for Christmas Eve dinner. And all of a sudden, right down the hall, he just vomited. Fortunately, the hall was (laughs) tiled. But he had eaten so much junk. He was messing with his biome, wasn't he? he? Yes, he was. He really was. We stayed on him yesterday. No sugar, boy. No sugar. Of course, he had some, but not much. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. (laughs) Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Bob was just saying he's heard a few others whose kids may have overdone it. You know, kids do. But fortunately for them, Things adjust quickly for children, don't they? They, they do. can get very sick and very well quickly. Not like us old people, don't you think? Most, yes. You know, I, children I just get children, well. Quickly. Well, they don't know when to stop. Oh, I mean, no, they haven't learned to go. I know I'm going to be sick. You know, and the, and that's the problem with a guy who's got a third, a third or a half of his stomach chopped off. I can't eat what I used to be used to be able to eat, and right. then when I overdo it, I, I'm, sick. I'm sick for a while. I mean, nauseated, kind of. Ugh. And then it goes away if I just sit still. It makes me think about the Consumers Report uh, article that I read uh, just recently. So they took a modest Thanksgiving celebration meal. Um, so the, the meal was turkey, dressing, potatoes, gravy, cranberry sauce, uh, cornbread, uh, uh, and, a, and a pie. Oh, it sounds okay. good. Right, and there was something else: green beans. Of course, green green beans. And so, um, it was seventeen hundred calories, and it was moderate. I mean, um, not actually, a huge serving. Not a huge serving, and it was only one serving, seventeen hundred calories. When we did a survey of how many calories uh, was eaten in a day by our over seventy group, I did a you know a research project Certainly. two years ago, and uh, the average intake calorie count that we had for the whole day was fifteen to 1,700. For the whole day? For the whole day. We Not had that a, one Thanksgiving meal, just the right, whole just day. the whole day. <laughs> now, we had some students with us, college students, and they counted their calories, and they were in the 4,000. There was a runner that was, you know, it was 4,500 calories. 
the girls, you know, thin, beautiful girls, 30, you know, 3,500. I mean, so you really do reduce the amount of calories that you eat in a day as a rule. Get to uh, the feast at uh, celebration time yesterday and on Thanksgiving. It's a, you know, people aren't eating 1,700 calories. They're in the 2,000. For one meal. For one meal. So it's hard on you. And you got to relax. It's hard on you. It's not good on you. So we have a question. You have a question. And this, I'll bet, is from a woman who asked me two weeks ago to ask you this, and I kept forgetting. We saw her the other day at church. She said, did you ask him? I said, no. Here it is. What does the symbol on the front of the clinic stand for, or what does it mean? You know, the symbol is uh, a symbol of the prairie. Uh, okay. It's uh, bending grass in the wind. If you go to the Prairie Center in, in Sioux Falls, the Avera Cancer Institute, the whole Cancer Institute is designed around that prairie design. And I think that's what they're referring to. Okay, so the symbol is an Avera symbol, symbol not just a prairie. Brookings Clinic, but a Avera symbol of prairie. And anywhere there is an Avera affiliate, they will have that symbol. I think so. Okay, that I sounds I might be good. wrong. It sounds like an Avera. I, I just it, kept forgetting to even look at it and I, notice it. I uh, notice it. It's a yeah, beautiful I symbol. Okay. And I love the idea because it ties with the prairie, which is what we're all about here. You know, this whole country is beautiful. And our son from New York is home, and he can't get enough of it. I mean, he just, you know, this is beautiful. Look at the sky that we see. And then he and I drove to the lake, the back roads, over oh. the hill to look at Oakwood on the left and a... And you can see, you know, 10 miles uh, from there off in on the prairie. I mean, it's just a beautiful area that we live in. Uh, it's a different than mountains, and it's different than all the trees and the foresty kind of a look. It's the prairie, and uh, there's something really beautiful about it. Somehow we've all learned to love it, haven't we? Yeah, we have. It kind of threw me when I first moved here 50-some yeah. years ago. <laughs> Ed would drive to Lake Benton just to see a hill. He was so, <laughs> well, he was from St. Louis, and they have yeah, loads they have of hills Colorado. in Missouri, you know. And, Lake Penton. Uh, but he, he would drive over there. He said, okay, I saw a hill. I'm all right. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you know, we, we go anywhere else, and we miss the prairie. You, you know, know it's you what get, you're used to. If you, draw, if you dr- drive west and you hit DeSmet, on the other side of DeSmet, suddenly there's, it isn't rolling hills like we have here. It's not glacial. Suddenly we hit a different country, and it is flat with a capital f-l-a-t you know that it is and there's beauty there too i mean it's it's different but it's we are definitely in the glacial lakes uh 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 de prairie coupe de prairie huh well folks we hope you've all enjoyed this program we are running out out of time and we wished all of you a merry christmas now we won't see you again until the next year, right? New no, year. it'll be a little while. Right. And, uh, We're we'll looking be forward to seeing you for the new year, right? Yes, we will. And so, uh, you know, uh, any final words, Joan? Just, uh, I hope that all of you have enjoyed our program. We'll keep listening. We'll, you can follow us, The Prairie Doc, on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, you, you just, there's a lot of ways to follow this Prairie Doc. And my right? expectation is that this next year will expand more. And I'm looking forward to that. And uh, what a glorious year it's been. I'm so thankful to be alive and to be feeling good and to 
be surrounded by family, you don't realize how much that matters. You really appreciate it when so. it might have been in question for a while, yes, but it it's was. not anymore. No. Okay, well, I'll, we hope all of you have a wonderful new year, and we'll catch up with you next year. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you, Joan and Bob, and stay healthy out there, people. And Dr. Holm didn't say the words, so I will. Exercise. Exercise. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. <laughs>